Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today with us on Sense of Soul podcast, we have Yolessa Lawrence. She is a Tao master, spiritual intuitive medium, and a detox specialist. Yolessa is the director and main trainer at the Sedona Healing Arts, a center for spiritual awakening that offers development and coaching programs to develop psychic intuitive senses and transform health, spirit, body, and mind. She is an instructor at Sedona Mago, a well-being and retreat center, and with over 15 years of experience has performed more than 5,000 readings and trainings. Yolessa's natural-born gifts lie in her ability to pinpoint the core source of depleting beliefs and self-sabotaging patterns to help her clients reprogram in a short time. Through focus and sensory perception, she reassures, advises, and connects each client to their highest human potential no matter where they are in their life path. We are super excited to talk to her today. Welcome to Sense of Soul podcast. Hi, Mandy and Shana. How am I saying your name right, Shana? Pretty good. It's Shanna. Okay. Shanna. Okay. I don't like to say people's names wrong. Oh my God. I'm the worst. I am the worst. (laughs) I actually have never heard your name and I love it. Does it have some meaning behind it? So it doesn't have a meaning like, for example, you know, ocean or something. Actually, I renamed myself when I was 18. So I don't have my birth name and I legally changed it like completely my first and last name. Wow. To the nightmare of my parents, you can only imagine. So letters represent numbers and frequency. And so my name, the vowels, has a certain frequency like music. So when you say the name over and you hear it over like music playing in your, it has a certain effect on your brain. That's how I named myself. So it doesn't have a meaning, ocean or something. It has a frequency. We had on Dr. Craig Wright, who was a numerologist. We talked a lot about this. Because oh. I did that as a child. Yeah, wow. it was mathematical instead of mathematical. mathematical. I love it. Yeah, even though I, the work I do today, because I'm a psychic medium, it's not like I'm specifically focused on numbers. But originally, I was very into numerology. And I don't know if you've ever heard of like Kabbalarians or the Kabbalah yeah. and things like that. Yeah, I, I know that stuff. Like inside out studied it deeply in my youth and it definitely informed a lot of my path yeah yeah Yeah. for sure I I totally get it because I even think about how we like change our last names I've never Mm -hmm. been able to give up my maiden name it's not even a conscious thing it is very strong it's like no I keep my last name and you wonder like where that strength towards something yeah, it's it's the only thing I can think of it's a vibration, right? Yeah. And then also you'll meet other people who can't wait to change their name. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what? Mandy and I talk about all the time about words, right? Language, sound, yeah. language. It's all frequency because part of my journey, definitely, I had tricked myself into this. I start listening to some chants. And because of my Christian background, I would only listen to the chants that said like, God is love. And all of a sudden my soul, like came to the forefront. I mean, like, you know, and it was the language of the soul because I couldn't understand what they were saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool. She started listening to ones in different languages and not knowing what she was chanting. And she sent it to me and it was so beautiful. It brought tears to my eyes, but it was like, as soon as she started um, listening to it and her daughter loved it too, she would do it while she was crocheting. It was like all of a sudden her spiritual journey was like propelled. She didn't even know what this frequency and vibration of this chant was doing for her. It was, it just proved to me how powerful it was coming out of the box, realizing that all of the things she was taught in her religion were just things that she was told to believe and not that she experienced all from this chant. <laughs> yeah. wild. that's the power of energy and information yeah I mean that is like literally the reason that I focus so much on 
helping people develop their sense of intuition because if you don't have it it's really you lose that discernment about good information and what isn't good information i have met people as well like that's really great that for example like shannon that you could listen to those chants like god is love and something resonated for you and picked it up but there's also lots of people who will build a resistance and will like fight it and push it away and like won't receive it and push it out so somehow intuitively you became attached to like something that feels good. <laughs> you know I think it's great that I mean wow at 18 you were already in touch with sound and vibration of those letters and your name and just changed it so god I wish I was that aware when I was 18 were you just born like naturally like spiritual where you brought up this way I mean at 18 I think I was listening to Dr. Dre and cruising around with a 40 ounce of old Mickey's drinking beer and only caring about myself how'd you get there? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question I'm also listening to the chronic and everything and did all of that um what would I say to that you know I would not say I was brought up this way I was brought up relatively Christian though very early on I told my mother I was no longer going to church <laughs> you know at around eight or nine and she could no longer get me there and that ended. I was I was quite a rebellious child very strong minded very rebellious you know but I think really early on it wasn't like I understood about energy I just think it was normal for me so you know at that young age the way you're experiencing the world you don't necessarily have context for it no one's telling you anything no one's giving you additional information so it's not until I hit like 11 and 12 where I directly experienced like my aunt dying and then communing with her after her death that I realized, oh, like she was alive and then she died. And then I communed with her after her death. And all of those energies that I've been talking to, (laughs) some of them, you know, aren't actually here, you know, like that's when I started making a distinction and still it wasn't like I was researching about it or trying to like find out about like people who do this. No, I wasn't, it wasn't like that. I just had that simple shifting consciousness and it really wasn't until then like 12 years after that at about 23 you know early 20s when I really experienced energy I did a qigong class and it set me off like literally we did this exercise we called qigong where you feel energy in your hands and I know that sounds simple but even though I you know, done yoga and things before, I'd never felt energy like this. This was like, like electric, you know, like the light appeared, like it set me off. And I walked out from that experience, like out into the street. And I had to like, take a deep breath. I was like, what just happened to me? What in the, you know? And, And it was after that, that I started like reading every book, researching, trying to find out, you know, trying to get more of it, like trying to understand what just happened to me. And that's like the beginning. And three years later is really when I completely changed my life. Yeah. I graduated from law school and then I decided I'm not going to be a lawyer. And I moved to Sedona and that was it. (laughs) You are defiant girl. I love it. I I think it's great though, because you know, we're always so set. Like every decision you make is supposed to be permanent. Yeah, that was a big deal, you know? Yeah. I know for me, I wasn't really taught either. So I was kind of like clueless for the things that I was experiencing and having kids from 24 to nine, I can see how I did not support that in my older children. But yet for my youngest, when she started having questions or experiencing things or asking questions, I kept telling her to go within, to trust this. What do you feel? Mm -hmm. That intuition which I feel has been almost conditioned out of us to not believe, to not trust, to not even notice it. So, you know, what is intuition and where does it, where do you think it comes from? I simply define intuition as your GPS. It's your GPS system. And the way that it looks as an action, your GPS system is, I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to make this decision. And so it's directing us all the time in our choices. (laughs) That's what your intuition is doing. And, you know, sometimes we can go through our life and feel like we're not really making choices, but you are every moment, even if you're not making choice, you're making a choice pretty much based on whether you're connected to your intuition or not. That's like at the base, how I would 
define it. The other thing I kind of want to add to that is, you know, a lot of people ask me like, well, your intuition is particularly developed. You're just like that. Not everyone's like that. And I always say, if you're a human being, you have the human blueprint, you have the human design, you're both a physical body and, you know, a bunch of energetic structures, just like you have physical organs, you have energetic structures. And so by virtue of being a human being, you have an intuition. I'm sorry. And even if you recognize, (laughs) (laughs) even if you, even if you don't think it's working for you, you know, because you're not able to really consciously connect with it, it's still working. Um, You know, it's just that your rain mind, where your rain mind is right now, your rain mind can't understand or decipher what's going on because your consciousness isn't developed enough necessarily. But that doesn't mean that it's not there. It's always there. It's like your liver. (laughs) Your liver is always there processing, you know, detoxing food. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I describe it. We don't know that, you know, I mean, like I always say, you know, we we teach the physical body and anatomy. We don't teach the subtle body, which we should. Yeah. As much as part of, if not more part of who you are. I was just thinking of, you know, the baby comes out and the baby has the intuition to latch onto the mom's nipple for food. I mean, That's you're literally right. born yeah. intuition. you want to know one animal that just like blew my mind was how kangaroos are born and how they have the intuition to crawl all the way up and then go down into the mother's pocket. I mean, talk about intuition. Yeah. <laughs> how, how'd you know to do that? How does that happen? Are you freaking kidding me? That's intuition. We're, we're yeah. born with it. I love it. I know women have a special intuition, like mothers do when it comes to, yes. like, you know, sensing there's something wrong. Even grandmothers, have <laughs> yes. their grandchildren, even especially, because my, my mom used to call me. I'd be like, how did you know? How did you? <laughs> yeah, so women, you know, by virtue of, so women and men are different. Yeah, they are yeah. different, you know, and women have a womb, you know, they have a womb. And by virtue of having a womb, so the seat of your intuition is really in your second chakra. It really is. You know, the second chakra is all about pleasure. Most people think sexual pleasure, but it's not just sexual pleasure. It's all pleasure. And so it's where you develop your sense of play and your yes and no, you know? So if your second chakra is shut down or dysfunctional, your yes and no get mixed up. So your intuition comes from that connection to yes, this feels good. Let me move in this direction or no, this doesn't feel good. Right. So your second chakra is your womb. Right. And women like hold a baby there. And that's a particular area of the body that even, you know, we have our menses and everything. So there is something particularly special, maybe inexplicable about how women relate to their intuition. Now, men, they can also to energetically develop a womb, actually. They have to work a little harder at it because anatomically, there's not just like a space there, just like waiting to encapsulate energy, but they can. Um, And when they do, it speeds up and they move fast, but they have to connect with their divine feminine. So yeah. yeah, I know and, some men. I know a man who in Sedona who definitely has a womb. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah, I think sometimes you know they say a man's penis does all the thinking for him. Maybe their <laughs> maybe their yes and no is. I, I I don't know. They need they need to work on that second. <laughs> Let me check. That's where the yes and no decision happens for them. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so why Sedona? We know it's a beautiful, spiritual, powerful place, but what made you go to Sedona? Um, interesting. That's a good question. So I came to Sedona, well, intuitively, I was dancing in New York. I was like a modern dancer. And I say I was pushed over by a spirit. That's what I was <laughs> in <laughs> dance class. <laughs> and I injured my leg. Um, not too bad, but bad enough that I had to sit on a couch for a while. And I had a premonition. I wasn't somebody who would typically have ever taken time off to just chill 
but I couldn't do anything. I had a premonition and it showed me Sedona. Now I didn't know it was Sedona at the time. And it showed me, you know, what I was going to do in Sedona. You know, I was like, you're going to like teach spirituality meditation. So I was like, what? I didn't even, <laughs> like at that time in my life, it was like, what? I started laughing by myself on the couch, but this was a real vision that happened to me. And then I went to a place called Body and Brain Syndrome, like walked in and right in front of me, there was a book. And I came to understand the picture on the book was Sedona and there was a program. And I was like, well, they can't do anything. So I'm going to do this program in Sedona. It was like a 10 day program. And I flew there and I was supposed to stay 10 days and I stayed eight months and my life changed after that. Um, I basically lived in the mountains for eight months and meditated. I was different when I came back to New York City. I sold everything I owned and I came here for good. Wow. It sounds like you went, did like what Jesus did. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, it sounds like that, but it totally was guided. Like, mm-hmm. I cannot say that at that time in my life right. that who I was or like, where I was in my frequency, I would have like made those choices, but for, you know, all of these synchronicities and things happening together, I was truly, truly guided. (laughs) Yeah. And and then really that's, you know, when I think of the beginning of my life from the time I came to Sedona, I'm like, that was the beginning. Yeah. I have said that same thing because when my dad died, it was such a transformational phase in my life. It was like, I metamorphosed again. So I always say that he gave me a life twice once in, yes. in my physical life. And then again, but you know, I think that's actually that born again, that they actually spoke about in the Bible that people got again wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know? I see what you're is, saying. You know, yeah. Yeah. We all took it differently and used it differently. Yeah. But I hear that a lot, but it's always usually this kind of like early 30 midlife kind of shift where you are, you become born again in some way. Mm-hmm. No. I did. Mandy did. Mandy had, they had to really hit her down. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like, I'm just going to hurt your leg. <laughs> yeah. You She's know, what? God knew I was probably like the most stubborn human on earth. And I was, I was brought up, you know, atheist. Didn't know anything about anything. Didn't even know what Christmas meant or Easter. And so God was like, you know, you're going to probably die if you, if you don't go a different direction. So he struck me down, had an asthma attack, had a crazy near-death experience. Then he, then I went back to my crazy lifestyle and he's like, all right, then. Okay. All right. You're not going to listen to me. I'm now I'm going to make, make you fall to your knees and then surrender to me. So I got through that. And then he was like, Uh, you're falling off track again a little bit. You still didn't come to me. You know, I'm going to make you kind of now see the next level. And he struck me down again. And I had another near-death experience from an asthma attack. And now here I am. (laughs) Wow. He's like, you are stubborn, girl. (laughs) So yeah, it finally woke me up. (laughs) And so I always tell people I had to die to awaken. Yeah, that Mandy started to receive mediumship after her second, after she got out of her nine day coma and her like journey to trusting her intuition was a huge part of that. And I remember her calling me and I was still like half awakening and half holding on to those conditions of being a Christian. I remember the first time I'm like, Oh girl, I'm not, I don't know if you're supposed to be talking to people on the other side. (laughs) Yeah, right. I just don't want to be perceived as cray cray, you know. (laughs) And see, I didn't care. I was already perceived as cray cray, so I was like, "It's all good. I might as well just keep my reputation going." It's just this time, it's in a different way. (laughs) Yes, yes. But and yeah, and yeah, and sometimes when you're kind of all sullied, in a way, when you finally shift because you already had to let everything go when that shift finally happens you can just walk into it like you're a little more free than somebody who has all these attachments you know and all this reputation to hold yeah right I was thinking about your mediumship came to you when you were young and your aunt passed and Mm -hmm. then there are some people that actually go to school to learn how to become a medium and then there's people like me who had no interest in it at all and it just slapped me in the face yes you know my question to you is like how did you come to trust your intuition and and trust that 
what you were doing was coming from a place of love, unlike people who think it's coming from a place of witchcraft or, you know, that it's against the Bible. Like, what was it in you that inspired that confidence in your intuition? And then to take it a tad bit farther, what advice do you have for people on how to recognize the difference between intuition and ego? Okay, great. Those are great questions. So how was I able to become me? (laughs) So... When I first came to Sedona, you know, Sedona represents the beginning of my spiritual path. And, you know, Sedona is important in part because of the vibration of the land. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to harp on that. But for 10 years, even after I had an awakening, that awakening and I changed my life, I didn't practice mediumship. I always knew it was there. All I did was learn how to be in my body. Mm -hmm. So literally, I had to train myself to feel to I to like resensitize myself I was very numb you know as many of us are and I had to literally like deepen my connection with my own sensibility and my nervous system and my feelings you know and first that leads you into like the world of thought and emotion but then it got deeper than that and you realize there is a realm of feelings that go beyond thought and emotion that there's the scope of it you know like that the emotion and thought are just like a small scope of the range of energies that you can feel so I had to learn how to feel and the way that I did that I had to like literally train my focus to my body and our focus is so heavily trained outside to you know look at all the things that are there to distract us and entertain us in the world of phenomena and so all the time literally every day you know it was partly like fasting from information as opposed to food I would fast from information and then kind of connect with my own information by doing things like tapping there's a million different methods and actually that you can utilize, but whatever it took to bring my attention back into my body. And specifically, I would focus on this area, like the dungeon or tension, I think they say in Chinese. Or the hara. Yeah, or the hara, right? Two inches below your belly button, two inches inside is the seat of this area in which you can store the most energy. And so you practice like literally by focusing in your body, you literally you like suck energy into your field rather than dispersing it to everyone everywhere. And that is the essence of learning how to be grounded. And you can start anywhere, like tapping your arm or whatever makes you focus on your body is going to do it. That was what I did for 10 years, actually. And I'm not saying it has to take 10 years, but that resensitized me. You know, before that, I had a lot of confusion. What's real? What's not real? You know, what's phenomenal? Like, what's my intuition? What's not my intuition? What information is what I couldn't? I had a lot of trouble with distinguishing. But once I regained my senses, like that ability to discern just started to happen automatically because I was connected to myself. And that's when I really started doing mediumship. Whoa. Wow. I love that you said resensitize myself because one of the biggest symptoms I had after my near-death experience was heightened senses. And that makes sense because I mean, I was forced to drop into my soul. And so I resensitized myself when I was in this other realm and I came back and I was so changed that everything about me felt new and higher. Yeah they're numb, right? They're, they were numb to society. And it was like, mm-hmm. I got this fresh pair of senses again, and everything yes. was clearer. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. And it also reminds me of like, I have kids who have sensory issues and I do too, and definitely was an empath. And so often during my childhood and life, I was trying to quiet my senses, put them in this little box to control them so that no one saw them, right? Here I am fighting against what is this beautiful gift that we're all born with. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do the same in the opposite, like awaken them really. Yes, it is. It's whether you want to call it resensitizing or awakening expenses, that is the first step. You have to resensitize yourself all over, you know, to your entire nervous system everywhere. But then ultimately you really need to focus, like you said, in the hara or in the tantian, we say danjan, 
um, because that's ultimately where you gain the power to control energy, mm. you know, which is also the ability to have some sense of directing your thought and intention yeah. that most people, you know, most people are just dragged everywhere. Their attention is forced in particular directions, but you can become truly the master of where you direct your attention. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then that's how you begin to have a sense of how to control your energy and what happens to it and where it goes. And then you regain this power over your life. If people want to develop this, you know, what I tell my students is that you have to resensitize. That is the key, and you will be doing that eternally, but you, you have to physically engage yourself in a way where you have to pay attention to your body. I want to talk about, you asked, like, what's the difference? How do you know the difference between the intuition and your ego? That's like an excellent question, and there's a lot of confusion in that. So when you're resensitizing yourself, you might have to feel emotions and release emotions and cry and everything in order to come deeper into yourself. That's the process of resensitizing. You have to feel, you know, everything and let it go. But when the intuition is actually working, when you get a hit, when your GPS is working, it's like, do this, move here, whatever, you know, it's autonomic, <laughs> you know, it's like breathing and your heartbeat. I would never describe it as emotional. It's like, information or something that just comes to you and you just move. And so if you're obsessing about something in your mind, if you're obsessing about something or you're like in a really emotional state, that's probably not the moment of clarity that you're seeking. You should not avoid anything. You need to process your emotions and you need to observe your thought. But what's really going on is that like you're in a conflict, you haven't like dropped in and you may need to observe it and go through it, but it's the actual dropping in when the intuition is working, you're just like, um, you know, right. you're like, when you're in that space, the beauty of it is, is that you can recognize those things. So you can release and heal those things yes. that have been in your way and maybe blocking you from even getting into the ultimate space where you truly sense your soul. Um, yes. Hence the name of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're right. Drop. You just get into action. Like, you know what to do. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yes. It's not emotional. It's not driven by, I'm trying to figure this out, you know? And if you're going through the mental process of, I'm trying to figure it out and obsessing, or you're in a very emotional state, you can guarantee that that is not your intuition. That's so interesting because usually if I have that immediate feeling of that intuition, then I actually stop it and try to sit in it and, and process it and kind of obsess over it to make sure I'm doing the right thing. Now that is because I have it. Uh, self-trust issues that I've been That's having to right. do in life. And okay. you just need to recognize that difference between the intuitive hit and the self-trust issue. Oh, I'm obsessing now. That's my self-trust issue. But the hit was my intuition. That's huge. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you also feel like the awareness was our number one, right? The mm -hmm. awareness. Yes you know, and just realizing, you know, that you are more than a body and there's more than all this outside of you. And the next was just, you know, the discernment of is this soul or ego or intuition mm -hmm. or thoughts or however you want to look at it. And yeah. in that space, I had found there was no fear. Yes. If you are coming from a place of fear, then you are not, you are coming from that emotional part, right? You're coming from subconscious you know, dialogue that yeah. probably happens somewhere, you know, in your childhood or past life or wherever. Yes. Yeah. And we yes. are so fear-based here. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I always like to say, like, if you think of the brain, like you could be like outside of your body and then you're in yeah, the world, sure. but like when you're on a drug, but then say you actually are in your thoughts, there's layers. You, you then have, you know, so you have your neocortex and you have your limbic system, which is like your emotional brain and you have your brainstem, which is like your autonomic nervous system. And you're between your neocortex and your limbic system, you're always going to experience doubt. And between your emotional brain, your limbic system and your brainstem, you're always going to experience fear. And the reason doubt, doubt is, and fear are there for a reason. The fear happens because it's, this is a survival, you know, thing. But the problem is those things have been abused. Our doubt and our fear have been abused and traumatized and therefore they become contrived. They're not accurate like an gauges. algorithm. <laughs> yeah, they lose that algorithm or gauge, you know, that they originally would have if we were totally 
being natural. There's like a, a two minute exercise where people gauge yourself dropping in and grounding and the difference between, you know, thought and emotion and where I went. And then you get a sense of like, you know, your second chakra and the intuitive feeling of yes and the intuitive feeling of no. You're open to it. I was just, I was getting a tap on my shoulder. I was literally just going to ask you to do a small exercise. So please, please, it's meant to be, let's do this. Yeah. So this is going to take like two or three minutes. So the first thing we're going to do is remember, we talked about the hara, the hara, like your dungeon. And so we're going to focus, remember uh, energy goes where your mind focuses. So we're going to focus on stimulating right in the womb, right in the second chakra. So you're going to make two fists, you're going to make two fists and you're just going to, just like you're drumming, you're just going to gently tap. You're just going to gently tap two inches below your belly button. You're just going to gently tap there. And you're going to make sure that you breathe out and you're going to bring your chin downward, breathing out through your mouth. And the reason I'm asking your chin to come downward is just because it just helps you come into your body as opposed to when you're looking up in the sky and you're just going to tap right in there. And you're just going to focus on like whatever feeling is coming up in the belly, you know, so you might have a little bit of vibration or shaking or just whatever it is. And it may just be a skin feeling or more superficial. It doesn't matter. It's just whatever causes you to focus in the area. So I want you to relax your shoulders as you do this as much as you can. Relax your shoulders, continue to breathe out and relax your hips. Just relax, 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 and just focus on the feeling in your belly, focusing on the feeling in your belly. And sometimes very quickly, you may begin to feel a little bit of heat building, like very, 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 very slightly. You know, we're only doing this for a short time, so it may not be massive, but you may feel a little bit of heat building. Okay, now you're just going to stop and you're just going to shake out your hands. I'm going to shake out your hands and breathe out through your mouth. Shake out your hands, breathe out through your mouth. And you're just going to drop your arms to the side for a moment. And you may feel a little bit of tingling in your fingertips. And that's just energy dripping off your fingertips. Relax your shoulders. Continue to relax, relax, relax. Okay, now we're going to test our yes and no. And just notice, you know, I want you to take an inventory of how you felt a moment ago and how you feel now. Maybe very, very slight. Like I said, we're only doing this very shortly. But just taking an inventory. Okay, now you're going to tap. You're gonna tap right in your breastbone. So you can open your eyes, you're gonna tap right in your breastbone, breathing out through your mouth, tapping your chest right on the breastbone, breathing out through your mouth. And now you're gonna focus on the feeling in the chest. Focus on the feeling that you're creating by tapping and vibrating your chest, breathing out through your mouth. And now you're going to say out loud and you want to say this out loud repeatedly. Yes, yes, yes. And you want to notice how the feeling begins to change in you. What happens? Yes, 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 yes. Repeatedly just saying yes, 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 yes. Yes. Okay. And stop and just shake out your hands one more time. Now, you know, notice what that feels like for you. For most people, yes, feels like expansive or a little orgasmic, frankly, you know, or just like a feel good somehow. I mean, it can be different for you. Just noticing. All right. And now you're going to come back and you're going to tap your chest one more time. You're going to breathe out through your mouth, breathe out through your mouth. And you're just going to say, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. All right, and let that go and just shake out your hands one more time. Just noticing what no did. For most people, it's a little contracting or something starts to hurt a little bit. All right, and just dropping your hands out, down and out. And you can just take another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And let's come back. You know, so if we were paying attention, you know, your body's the only thing that's in the present moment. Your thoughts can be in the future. Your thoughts can be in the past and memory. The body is the only real thing. From moment to moment, as we're going through our life, we would feel these distinctions in our body. 
as we're having to make decisions, go where, you know, about like even the subtlest things. If you're really, really paying attention, this is like, you know, the baseline of your intuition, you know, and how you can know it's your intuition and not your ego. Yeah. So yeah, the no, naturally I felt my eyebrows get tight and kind of crowned forward. So that would be something. I also felt a lot of energy in my throat chakra, almost a little bit of nausea mm-hmm. and almost feeling of um, claustrophobic. Yes, yeah. like contract, like contract. contract. Yeah, that, that yeah. was my no. That was my definitely my no. Shanna, what did, what did your yes feel like for you or your no? My yes, I felt very open. I was feeling, the more I did it, the more I felt my heart like expanding. Like actually it felt really good because like, I feel like sometimes the muscles in between our ribs get very tight. So I felt like if I kept doing that, it actually was going to make my muscles more relaxed toward my chest and I could breathe. And I was just focusing on the heart, you know, the lungs. And then all of a sudden you said no. And it's like, you could feel that energy rising, rising up into the throat. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was awesome. I loved it. Thank and you. I'd like to add that I really loved the tapping down on your stomach. It took me into a place of obviously being, being extremely present with my body, but it elevated me almost out of my body. Like I was tingling all over my arms, my, even my face. Oh my God, my face, yeah. my lips, my mouth. I felt very connected in that moment to my higher self. Yes, yes. So remember, like your vagus nerve runs literally between where we tapped and your brainstem. So when you're tapping there and you're like pulling at your focus and energy there, you know, like when people think of Kundalini, it basically does this thing where you, as you accumulate energy, it then pushes it up basically to your pineal gland, releases all the hormones you know and everything that's associated with opening the third eye and sixth chakra can also result from harping in on that area it's very powerful yeah hey sense of soul listeners sorry for the interruption but we have some exciting news to share shanna and i have decided to offer an affiliates page on our website to our guests that we have had on Then it makes it easy for you, our listeners, to find programs and professionals that align with you. Yes, it's so easy. Just go to our website, mysenseofsoul.com, and on our homepage, click the Network of Lightworkers Affiliates. Then scroll and simply click on your favorite guest. From there, use the code under the guest that they have made particular to them and sign up or simply tell them that Sense of Soul has sent you. We have been so excited to announce our new ongoing partnerships with some of our amazing guests. Since a soul, Shan and I will earn a commission for our endorsement and recommendation to their product or their service from this affiliates page. Your purchase will help support Sense of Soul in our purpose, bringing amazing episodes twice a week to our listeners all around the world. We want to take this opportunity to thank you, our participating affiliates and listeners for your support. Oh, and don't forget that we have a Patreon. Patreon is a platform where we have special exclusive content for Patreon members. Just download the free Patreon app and search Sense of Soul. Then pick your tier that resonates best with you. Unlocking exclusive content like Mandy and I's exclusive mini series only on Patreon. Our monthly Sense of Soul Sacred Circles. Patreon also has exclusive merch. We have polls on fun topics, bloopers, workshops, and even early releases of episodes. It is also an amazing way to build our community and interact intimately with our listeners. Check it out. We love and appreciate you all so much. Now back to our amazing guest. So let's talk about this. I love this. I thank you for doing that. That was amazing. I, I can't wait to share that with my daughters too. When would that come into use? Like if you have a big decision or if there's something weighing on you, like, is this just a practice over a long period of time? And then what's the next step? So the beauty of this practice is that it's immediate. So even if you're not typically somebody who 
necessarily carries a high frequency or does meditation or whatnot, if you do this instantaneously, it connects, like it drops you in instantaneously. And you might drop out again after you stop, but for the moment while you're going through it and when you're with it, it totally provides um, or facilitates a clear channel and people can utilize it at that. So you don't have to be like some sort of guru or something to gain the benefit of this. Over time, what does happen is that you do get this programmed, your neurology becomes programmed with the feeling of dropping in and then you can just think it. Love it. That bingo. I think like these, the scientific minded people need to understand that Mm -hmm. second piece that you just said, that it comes part of you in your brain. So it's not. Yeah. This girl called me up and she said, Shanna, is there any way to visualize when I, when I invoke my Reiki, because I was at my son's swim meet and I had my hands on top of my head in, in Gosho and, brought, and I was like at the swim meet and she goes, and my son was looking at me like, please mom, don't. <laughs> so I said, okay. So, you know, there's many ways you're not just actually physically doing it imagine it, visualize it, feel it in that way? Is it just more than visualization? I really encourage feeling. So breathing, you don't need to do any particular breathing. So it's not like you need to be sensitive and be like, (laughs) you know, no, you don't need to do that. (laughs) You literally just need to bring your attention to your breathing. And very naturally in literally in one to two minutes, you're going to notice the time between your breaths get longer if you're paying attention. So that is one of the quickest ways if you're not tapping, just pay attention to your breathing and you don't need to do special breathing. Whatever your breathing is, even if you're in a panic, observe the panic. And, but then your breathing's gonna change within one minute, one to two minutes. Because the way that the brain works is that the brain recalibrates itself by watching itself. That's why meditation is so powerful, that observation consciousness. So as soon as you start watching itself, it starts seeing itself. It's like, oh, wait, what am I doing? And it self-corrects. Mm, I love that. It's true. And also sound. Because, you know, I use the shaker sometimes over chakras and that mm-hmm. shit will open up a chakra yes. quicker than any symbol or anything you could put on a chakra. So sound, light, and vibration. And so visualization too does work. The reason I encourage vibration though is because for some people, visualization doesn't come easy. True. You know, yeah. feeling also doesn't come easy for some right. people, but feeling so, just yeah. more guaranteed for some people than visualization. But if you can visualize bringing in the light or surrounding yourself with the spiral of light or the light coming down, you know, through all your chakras, things like that, are definitely going to calm you down because it's actually working. It's not just a visualization. It's what you're creating. I still think for most people, most basic people, they need, they need some (laughs) stimulation. (laughs) You know, you talk about being a detox specialist. Of course, my Mm -hmm. mind immediately went to like addiction because I'm in, I'm in recovery. What is a detox specialist? So originally, when I went through my awakening, detox was really important, a really important part of that process. I had done all this meditation stuff and everything and stimulation, but it wasn't until I detoxed that things really changed for me. So the reality is our physical body has memory. Our cells have memory. We may poop every day, but (laughs) we're constipated. (laughs) And so, you know, and so during the detox process, literally all these cells start degrading and leaving your body together with all of that cellular memory. And then the body starts rebuilding itself. You know, and then when you try to do meditation or all these practices after you've gone through that, it's like way easier because you're not full of all this stuff taking up space. So the energy doesn't just bounce off of you and you can't hold on to it. You have space to where you can hold on to everything that you're doing. So I usually recommend detox as like kind of a starting place for people to kind of empty 
on a physical level and it is very physical and it's like a preparation for meditation and spiritual awakening so that you can have the spiritual awakening much faster and hold on to it so it doesn't bounce off and then in the process of the detox you're going to process all your trauma your whole life is going to come out in your poop so what does that look like what is i mean how like is that (laughs) so you mean like you know like if I, if I conduct a detox, like what's yes. required. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I obviously doing normally- like some lemon, what, you know, when I think, <laughs> detox, I think, question, so- I think foods, I think, yeah. What is it? Yeah. Like? So I have everyone, they change their diet. It's very specific. It's not like lemon water you can eat, but it is a vegan diet and it's specific. So it's not like you're eating a lot of dough or something. Like I ask, you know, it's a, it's a very specific foodless. And at the same time, as they change their diet, they then incorporate like herbs in very specific proportions, you know, they've worked with for a long time and they basically degrade all of that mucus and stuff in your body to push it out. So the food together with the herbs basically degrades all the junk and turns over the cells. You start pooping it out. Most people will poop like maybe five times a day, at least, or more. The poop will look different during the process they're often like what <laughs> what <laughs> and body, i've seen like where your body will literally let go of even like parasites and i was part of a group on facebook once where i mean it sounds so gross but people were sharing like what their bodies were detoxing because they couldn't believe what they were seeing and it was actually yes. proof. i yeah. was like that so you know when i detox i was shocked to discover how well unwell I I didn't I didn't think that I was that unwell it's like I'm not like I'm in the hospital or something you know but apparently it's really serious I had massive amounts of parasites burns leave me you know pictures like like massive amounts and it went on you know well beyond 28 days like that was a period of my life for a good two years you know, where I softly went through this process. And then I never really went back to eating the way I used to after that. I'm not going to say I perfectly stuck to it, but I never really went back. It's like, because you, you kind of, it's like your whole constitution changes, you know, you look at a picture of me before and after it's like, is that, is that your relative or somebody related to you? It doesn't look like me. Even my face changed. Um, My breasts, my breasts changed. You know, honestly, like from the time I was very, I know, I don't know if it's TMI, but no, there's no know. such thing with us. <laughs> <laughs> when I was when I was very young, like um, my breasts from the time I hit puberty were always sagging, and after I went through detox, I had like the breast of like you know, like I honestly had the breast of like a you know a 15 year old goddess. Like I was like, what happened? I'm like, that is what the toxicity did to me like even from the point of view of beauty you know not even like I'm thinking like security aspects like that is what it did to me you know I it was it was a skin probably felt better your hair my yeah everything my teeth your teeth my teeth I had a cavity that was not worked on the tooth grew back experienced some of this and I I'm definitely a witness to this this is true yeah, I wore glasses. I no longer needed glasses. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God, I need to do so that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also, like you said, the ultimate thing is you're making this space, right? To then, mm-hmm. you know, restore in this space, yes. you know, the positive and the good and the health. Yes, that is what. So, you know, health is like your body being healthy really facilitates spiritual awakening. It does. Your body literally will hold on to trauma and, and toxins from foods and pollution and air. And, and so this detox is important in order to start your process. Now, the reason I like that you're bringing this up is because we get a lot of people that want to go from A to Z. They're like, especially desperate ones that are in pain. And like, I always use this as an example. The most desperate ones are the mothers who have lost children that want to like, just go from A to like Z. I want to become a medium and talk to them. You know, they're so desperate to feel this connection with them. And I always say, 
there's this grief and this trauma and it, you can't, you can't just do that. Like it's a process. Um, do yeah, you, yeah, you know, people always want to go, how do I awaken? Tell me, I want to do it tonight. Like, I'm sorry. That's, you know, it's different for everyone. Maybe there are some people that happens too, but this is one of those steps that you feel is very important. Yes, it is. Um, and it, re- but it also really speeds it up in the long term. Then if you did not do this, if you did not dress, address the physical part, especially when you do this and then you combine like energy work or Qigong with it. Oh my God. Like you go in leaps and bounds, you know, basically awakening can be quick and it can be slow. We have a healing system in our body. What's preventing us from awakening is our own resistance. Basically, we don't want to believe what's in front of us. <laughs> You know, so we're in a lot of denial, right? The world of illusion, we're in a lot of denial. And if we were to just drop out of the illusion and really totally be able to come into acceptance, we could revolutionize, you know, that would bring in a tremendous, a lot of light and we would go through major healing, like very quickly and a major awakening very quickly. But most people, you know, they hang on to their beliefs because they believe that's how they're going to survive in the world you know, and they can't imagine another way to survive. And it's not even conscious necessarily. And it's, and and their, and their natural healing system is at play in there and they don't even realize how it's playing itself out. So they're in this conflict that, that they circle through over and over and over again. And they cannot uh, just let go. They, they don't know how to let go. They cannot just let go of having to believe anything in a way. They need to listen what I was listening to. (laughs) Yes. Yes you're right like that frequency will help but that but that's it and that usually is comes together with a choice yeah it somebody does. And I almost, a radical you know, choice yeah even even in mine you know I was like oh I, I have to make sure there's God in it you know and there were still those conditions that if I was even going to listen to it, it had to fit within my my little box I love this because you know I, I do feel that it's not even that hard. And the way you spoke about it is simple. It's just these small little steps, right? In the right mm-hmm. direction. doesn't mean you have to change your whole life and become a guru. <laughs> Don't. We need everybody. You know yeah. who they are. It's just bring awareness to that you are not just a meat suit. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. I would love to talk about the Sedona Healing Arts, the center what do you do there? Uh, I know you're the director. What do you offer there? Uh, let's talk about that for a moment. We are kind of a spiritual, a center for spiritual awakening in Sedona. Um, we focus on doing intuitive readings for people, energy healing. And then I have courses to help people to develop their intuition, to learn how to become an energy healer. And then also, you know, opportunities for people to do detox and retreats, you know, for their awakening in Sedona. So we're just here facilitating people into themselves step-by-step. That's what we're focused on. Yeah. I saw that you've, I'm sure it's more now, but 5,000 readings. readings. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So how do you, do you implement that into helping people, your mediumship? Do you implement that into helping people to get in touch with their own tuition, to help them with healing, to help with them, you know, in their awakening? Yeah. So, you know, the courses I do, one is called the intuitive reader certification course. Actually people, I'm training people to be readers, you know, so Um, at the end of the course, they have to do, there's like a, there's like a, uh, you know, a practical aspect and they have to do like 30 readings. It's a lot. Uh, No, it's more than that. It's actually 40 readings they have to do in order to get their certification. And by the end of it, they're transformed. You know, they regain their trust. It's really about their own self development for the most part. They regain their trust. They realize they see the consistent. They begin to understand how their intuition works on them in a real way. That's how that works in a practical. And same with the energy healing. It's like they have to do a practical aspect where they have to practice energy healing on other people. So there's like a community of people, you know, readers reading each other, energy healers, you know, healing each other um, constantly. That's um, my kind of school. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe let's start raising the future this way. Yes. And have a culture 
of yeah. people. Of awakened people. Who support. Of awakened people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this actually, because on your bio it says law degree. And then it also talks about how you have a deep understanding of universal laws. And I was like, how cool would it be if we taught instead of law school, we also <laughs> taught universal <laughs> law. <laughs> no, for real. Because yes. the law, the actual law is contrived and invented. But but the universal laws, you know, those are principles that are that are nature and we are nature and by understanding the universal laws you understand yourself in the context of nature nature itself is proof of that right yes i love you i do i seriously you're my girl i so very aligned with you i've learned a lot and i i love how what you offer people is a very easy understanding of something that seems to be very complicated but you Mm -hmm. put it out here very beautifully thank you Oh, thank you so much. And I enjoy watching that dealing with negativity, the detox for the psychic power, all of the things that were sent over to us. Can you talk about where people can watch these? Can our listeners take any of these courses uh, online or do they have to actually be in Sedona at your place or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can watch my videos. Um, We have a YouTube channel, Sedona Healing Arts. If you just look up Sedona Healing Arts on YouTube, um, you'll find all those videos. And then all of my courses are virtual. So people can join. I have people join from all over the world. I usually start them by monthly. If you just go to the website normally and you sign up for our newsletter, then you'll start getting prompts um, you know, about when a new course is starting and, um, get more information about it. That's, that's how it, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, I also do retreats at Sedona Mago retreat, um, in Sedona. It's like a, it's, I think it's like the premier retreat in Sedona. <laughs> Maybe wow. the only, awesome. only one of two. Yeah. Um, it's called the Sedona intuitive reading retreat. And I do it about twice a year. People love that one. If you're really new to this stuff and inexperienced, I would almost suggest to start there. Uh, Many times just physically coming here and being in the vibration and then like giving yourself that space and time to experience can be life-changing. You'll never, ever be the same again, huh? (laughs) (laughs) No, really. You'll never be the same. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Where do they find this? Do you have a website? Yeah. So if you go to www.sedona, S-E-D-O-N-A, healingarts.com, that is where you can find all of this information. Yeah. Okay. So I have to give a shout out to um, Rebecca. Yeah. Now, Rebecca was a student of yours, correct? She was, yes. And then she connected us with you because she loved you so deeply. I, I, I just want to give her a shout out because I thought that was beautiful that, you know, we get a lot of emails from, from agents and book publishers, but I, I just loved that she actually was a student under you and then hooked mm-hmm. us up with you. So shout out to Rebecca. Thank you for the connection. Hey, yes. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. The words that came to me um, to say is, I love you. And that there's hope and that you can do that. You know, as soon as I felt my heart, I felt, oh my gosh, there's a lot of people who listen to your program who are in a lot of pain. And they feel really hopeless at the moment that they find you. And they really need to know that they are loved and that there is a way out and not to dismay and not to give up. Oh, God, I just there the is. I had a circle last night with people that needed to hear that exact thing. So, and I know they'll be listening. So thank you so much for speaking to mm-hmm. them with such love and wisdom. That's actually why Shannon and I have sense of soul and helping people that are going through a journey and don't have a best friend like I did to bounce all of my thoughts off of and to not judge me and to support me in those moments where my box was falling wide open into something that was very unknown to me. And it was scary, man, Mm -hmm. that sometimes it can be very lonely going through an awakening on your Mm -hmm. own. So yeah, you definitely felt our audience. And that's what most of our listeners email us 
is that they're just desperate to find a connection or a community or people that will just help them not think that they're crazy because that's what the world is telling them they are. Yeah. 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 I can really feel you guys help. You guys don't even know how many people like you bring back from the brink. Mm -hmm. I think you don't even really know. <laughs> Maybe you do, but my feeling you don't even really, because you don't yeah. always realize they're not always, they write, lots of people write, but I can feel there's lots of people who don't write. It's been such a beautiful thing yeah. to reach people all the way across the world who just need to hear exactly what you just said, that, that you are loved. Thank you so much for coming on to Sense of Soul today. You are so very welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.